can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Guess who's back? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say... Hannah is in the house. Before we get into this, um, you are still going to be hearing Matthew. I know we've said on the past few episodes, like, maybe there'll be a day when he won't be back. You'll still be hearing his voice occasionally. (laughs) But our girl Hannah is back. She's still in Thailand. I'm back. I've got so many stories, Joe, and I just had to go through all of the cringy combos (laughs) I've got lined up. A lot has happened in a couple of months. It's pretty crazy. Oh, we were doing um, weather updates for Thailand while you were gone on the podcast. So I feel like we need to, what are the pros and cons of Thailand right now, Hannah? Okay. All right. So I've got my list. So first of all, I'm going to start with the pros. So the weather is just so consistent. I mean, it's nothing like Melbourne. Mm. It's like always wake up, warm. It's not, it's warm all the time. It's just like the best weather. But the con on the flip side of that is the f***ing mosquitoes. I actually can't deal. I cannot deal with it anymore. It's like when I wake up and then then in the afternoon it starts and they've like, you know, the toilet paper shortage in Melbourne. There's this can of DEET Mm. like that stops it that you just spray. I just can't find it anywhere. It's like liquid gold. It's the best stuff. Anyway, the mosquitoes are doing my – I've got them everywhere and I itch them and um, so that's been the con. So another pro is, um, yes, there's toilet paper. Um, There doesn't appear to be a toilet paper shortage here. I had heard that in Melbourne people had started panic buying again. Yeah, I feel like that was happening for a little while. I think (laughs) we might have calmed down a little bit now. Okay. Well, Linda was telling me that, like, there's no meat, there's no toilet paper, there's no – yeah. There seems to be everything, no shortages or anything. But the con, obviously, is the coffee. Mm. Um, I'm a Melbourne gal, so coffee is very important to me. But Linda very kindly sent me uh, my favourite coffee grinds from my favourite coffee shop, you know, Sloan Ranger. However, I am going up to Chiang Mai soon and someone did message me on Instagram and said the coffee is really good in Chiang Mai. Mm. So I think finally I'll be able to get some good coffee over here. So the next pro is, you know, I love an outdoor shower and I love an outdoor bathroom. However, this morning there was a spider the size of my hand on my towel. Honestly, so I've just gotten shivers go through my whole body because (laughs) I saw that and I would have preferred a trigger warning from your Instagram stories (laughs) because whenever I see that stuff, I honestly go into a fight or flight response. Like it can trigger anxious diarrhea for me just seeing a spider. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I ended up just running out of the bathroom and was like, you know what, it'll be gone. Mm. I'll go for my run. I'll come back and it'll be gone. And it was. So, um, yeah, there's some – the spider on the towel this morning really Mm. threw me, but I still had a shower and I forgot all about it. Imagine if you hadn't seen it there and you, like, wrapped it around your body. (laughs) No, no. And it, like, went up into your – like, you know, that thing about the snake in the vagina. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next pro is, um, and we'll we'll come back to this because um, we're going to do an episode on thrush. Um, 
cute guys is a pro. There might be one cute guy in particular. Um, however, the, the, the con is I'm in a constant state of, pa- of panic about getting thrush because humid climates and swimming in the sea mm. and wet bathers, mm-hmm. it's just. And friction. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many, too much friction. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we all know what we're talking yeah, about there? We yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, so um that's been on my mind a lot so and they also like at the pharmacy they only sell the really small tubes of canister oh. not like the six day yeah. and I've got like three tiny tubes of canister and I'm that's going, not gonna do it <laughs> I'm going through it like more than my toothpaste like yeah anyway so that is um a con another pro is that my curly hair is back and I basically have straightened it maybe two, three times in a couple of months. So the like not using heat tools is obviously helping. But mm. I end up getting these like knots that like are so bad. The other day I thought I'd have to cut it out and it's been taking <gasps> me and it takes me about an hour once a week. I mean, I've got a good process now of how to get like the knots out and then still get the curly mm-hmm. hair back. So anyway, we can talk about that curly hair routine another time. So the last pro is um well i'm going to start with the con so you can't put toilet paper in the toilet over here are you, are you aware of that no <laughs> yeah it there's that blocks the sewage system and so you can't really yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so you've just got to wipe your ass and put that in the bin but they have a bum there's do you know what a bum gun is like a bidet <laughs> thing yeah so they avoid the sewage blockages. So basically you just use the bum gun to to clean up. Wow. And then it's actually so much better than what we do at home. Like we'll really? do I, I want to do a cringy convo on it because I want to know whether it's more hygienic or not hygienic. Okay. It's like so you use the bum gun and then there's nothing left. So you just there's yeah. like I don't want to be too disgusted. So is your bum wet or? No, you just get the, to- you just use toilet, you just dry it off with toilet paper and oh. then put it in the bin. Ah, oh, okay. But it's nothing, there's nothing on the toilet paper. Yes, right. Yes, okay. yes. That's the pro and con, um, the final one. I had to end on a, on that note. Um, yep. What is on today's episode, Joe? So today you have a story about panty liners for me, apparently. Um, that's yep. what's in our notes. So <laughs> going with that. <laughs> Um, and then Matt and I are speaking to Dr. Catherine Armour about environmental factors that can impact our skin health and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. So on today's Cringy Convo, I think we spoke about panty liners in episode three and we're now up to mm. episode 100 and something. So it's mm. taken me 100 and something episodes to come to this conclusion. And over two um, years, yeah. <laughs> over two years. So, yeah, a few people have messaged me like it's not – I understand all of that. It's not It's not the best for the environment. I actually had no medical reason to be using a panty liner every day. Like I don't yeah. have hectic um, – what did someone call it? <laughs> hectic discharge. Like I don't yeah. have any – I have no reason to use a panty liner every day. I think maybe it's like – some of my quirks, you know how you call them quirks, those quirks yeah. that I have, they've, yes. a lot of them have fallen away since I've come to Thailand. Hannah's a different girl though. Oh, God. Once you return so to Melbourne, different. Hannah might be back to her old ways. 
I don't think so. I think I've like, because it's been a couple of months now and I'm probably here for a couple more months, I feel like it just becomes who you are. So Hannah mm. will morph into Hannah and they'll just become one person. Okay. So I actually got here and just like, I think as soon as I got here, it's just you're so sweaty and whatever. I just stopped mm. using panty liners. Also, I went to Aldi. I forgot to tell you this. I went to Aldi two different Aldis before coming to Thailand, they'd sold out of all the panty liners. So that was the first time. I think that's on that I, you though. You made no, those panty liners trend. You did. So every, and it said there is a shortage. And so I went to the <gasps> other Aldi. There is a shortage of the, of the ones that, that we all love and use. Anyway, so I ended up buying some from Coles that I don't like nearly as much. Maybe that's why. And so I think it was a sign them. from the universe that it was time to give yeah. them up. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, because I didn't have my Aldi panty liners, I ended up just, I stopped using them. I was really relaxed. because I think the other thing that was, because I usually will put new undies on with a panty liner at night and then I'll put pants on and then I'll put a crop top on. You know, I don't sleep without a crop top mm-hmm. and then I'll put, but now I just sleep either naked or with a t-shirt with nothing underneath. Okay. Yeah, which which is why I wanted to talk about that on an episode because some people have been saying that's actually better for, better you. for you. I don't know. So we need to talk to Dr. Lucinda about that one, I think, about sleeping yeah. with, without undies on. And so, yeah, I just feel like I feel free. I feel like I'm free of this burden of my, in my life. There's something about panty liners, though, that if you wear, they always feel moist. Don't you think? Like (laughs) you wear them for freshness, but they always feel moist. I, to be honest, I have had to wear them. I've had thrush, and so I've had to wear them the last. I did wear them the last. (laughs) I love that we're our thrush is synced up, and we're in completely (laughs) different countries. So I, yeah. have, I've, I have been using them because, like, you put the thrush cream on and then, like, mm. you actually, I actually, to be honest with you, have been wearing no undies, but I don't, oh. like, yeah, I, I've been doing a lot of research on thrush and it's actually better to let it breathe. Yeah, but you can't um, get the cream everywhere. Well, so usually I put the cream on and then I'll just, like, but then I can't go out and, you know, do exercise yeah. Or like w- walk around with no undies on under my dress. It might fly up. Who knows mm. what happens. So yeah. I have been wearing cotton undies with a panty liner just for a few days mm. just because of just because you you know what I'm going through. Yeah. You, you get absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 I yeah. do. Yeah. Um <laughs> and you had a story about panty liners, I believe. So yeah. So I um accidentally I don't know if other people do this, but so sometimes when you've been wearing a panty liner, because it's so discreet, sometimes you just take your undies off and you forget that you're wearing it. And so you put it in your washing pile and it's still attached to the undies and you forget to take it off and put it in the bin. Anyway, that happened to me recently. And normally I'm the one in our household that... Blows up like a balloon, doesn't it? Well, so I didn't actually see the outcome of this situation. I was just told about it. So I'm usually the one that does our washing But on this one fateful day, this one morning, I get up and my housemate is downstairs and she says to me, I've I've discovered a site this morning and I need you to know about it. I know what what it looks like because I've seen it. And she goes, so I put the washing on this morning and firstly I was like, well, that's not your job, that's mine. But secondly, (laughs) she's like, I open the door and there's a panty liner sitting in the like you know that um, rubbery part? Like it's just a big panty liner sitting there. And I was like, oh, my God, do you mean it's mine? And at that point I was like, oh, well, I haven't done that. Why would I do that? 
And then I realized that obviously it was me because yeah. I was the yeah. only one in our household wearing them at that time. Um, so, yeah, she had to witness that and she had to pick it up out of the oh, um, yep, yep. <laughs> rubber part oh, of the washing oh. machine. Because <laughs> they get they, they fill with water and yes. it's like a bit of, it's like a balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's what happened, yeah. But we didn't want to speak about that, so we haven't discussed okay. it again. She just had to tell me just to be okay. mindful of that. I, that ha- do you know what? That's happened to me, so... Um, don't worry. Don't, I mean, okay. it's different when you find when you have to pick up someone else's. That's a bit yeah. Different, look, it's but... fine that, because we're best friends. But if I didn't really yep. know her and she was like a random housemate, I'd be mortified. What if your boyfriend did the washing and found a blo- a blown up panty? Yeah, that'd her? probably be pretty embarrassing as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, you pitched this uh, topic to me because you were asking me about the environmental impacts on skin. So today we've welcomed back a repeat guest, Dr. Catherine Armour. She's a dermatologist and the founder of Bespoke Skin Technology. Welcome back, Catherine. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me on today. Our pleasure. Um, So let's start off with what are the biggest offenders of skin damage that are caused by our environment? Because I've been studying an advanced diploma of dermal science and I tell you, I am now terrified of our environment. Look, by far and away, solar radiation is still the biggest offender. So we're talking about UVA and UVB, uh, which we're all very familiar with. Visible light and infrared radiation have been getting a bit of showtime recently and we understand that we need to consider those in terms of protecting our skin. But interestingly, ultraviolet sea rays, which we've always thought were blocked out by atmospheric ozone, there's actually some interest that they may be reaching the Earth's surface in amounts that are higher than we previously realised. And Mm. ultraviolet C has sort of similar effects on the skin as UVB, so that is it can directly damage Mm -hmm. DNA, um, but that's that's very new. It's a matter of current research, but I think um, moving forward, protecting against UVB will be something that we'll, we'll need to do something about on a daily basis. Then the other really um, important environmental concern for us, which I think you're probably referring to, Joe's calls environmental pollution. And environmental pollution really refers to things like tropospheric ozone, airborne particulate matter, which is things like dust, soot, fossil fuel, um, exhaust and cigarette smoke. Um, And that actually can have a huge impact on the skin. And then there's things that are perhaps our own environment, which we have a little more control of, things like diet. So that's um, consumption of uh, excessive amounts of refined sugars and alcohol. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that, about how like it would really determine on your access to healthy food and to clean water as well. Like that would be a huge factor for it as well. Absolutely. And where you live, you know, we're quite lucky in Australia. We have quite a lot of control over where we live. But um, if you live in very densely populated countries like Shanghai, for instance, or Mexico City, which are probably the most polluted cities in the world, People don't have a whole lot of control over many of those things, including healthy diet. Mm. Even location in Australia, we get a lot of our customers saying, I live in Queensland, I've got these issues with pigmentation and my makeup staying on. And the concerns of people in Queensland are very, very different to us in Melbourne. So it's, yeah, it can be so different depending, you can be in the same country and still be really different. Absolutely. 
And what about free radicals? Can you explain what they are? Free radicals, yeah, the the buzzword. Well, look, they're they're, um, compounds that can cause harm to our body if their levels become too high. And you'll also sometimes see them referred to as reactive oxygen species. So our body has its own innate defences to keep free radicals in check, but that um, innate system can become overwhelmed and that's where the trouble starts. So free radicals are able to set off uh, a comp that they are formed through various um, chemical processes or affects um, external aggressors on our skin, such as ultraviolet light, pollution, etc. And they're actually, they set off a, a complex chain of chemical reactions, which then damage cell membranes, activate enzymes that import, uh, destroy important skin structures such as collagen and trigger inflammation. So they're bad news all around. The other important thing is obviously they're really relevant for skin, but they're also linked to multiple other really common illnesses like uh, diabetes, heart disease and cancer. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought they were fully a, a skin thing. Um, so in terms of ageing, I guess a lot of people think that genetics is really the only factor that can mean you have good skin or I guess you age gracefully or whatever you want to call it. Can you explain the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic aging and how your lifestyle factors or your environment can impact those? So um, the, as you said, Joe, the intrinsic and extrinsic are the two main types of, of skin ageing and extrinsic is really the only one we can do anything about. So intrinsic skin ageing involves genetics and the passage of time uh, as well as gravity on our skin integrity and quality. So it's really predestined. And uh, I think the old adage we always hear is if you look at your sort of inner upper arm, that bit that doesn't get much um, sun exposure uh, or perhaps at our butt, that's um, that's what intrinsic skin ageing has done um, because it's usually mm-hmm. fairly free of, of other exposures extrinsic aging is the really important one for us and so that involves environmental exposures such as um, sun exposure air pollution but also lifestyle choices so that's things like um, smoking diet uh, and alcohol intake but also our body's response to those exposures as well so current attempts to alter the course of skin aging really focus on dealing with these extrinsic factors Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were saying before that uh, UV damage would be the biggest culprit for aging from like, the environment. So obviously, I'm just thinking about like seasonal changes. Like I'm assuming summer then would be the most intense one for that. But do the other seasons come with their own potential threats to skin health that are worth mentioning? Look, for sure. Um, look, you're you're quite right. The we should probably just talk a little bit about UV index. Um, as you said, it's 100%. It is higher in summer. And they're actually huge. It was a bit like Joe was saying, um, there's so much variability across Australia in what women and, and men as well, who, um, what we're concerned about. So there's huge variation in UV levels across Australia, which are affected by um, time of day, time of year, cloud cover, altitude, proximity to the equator, reflectance, so things like snow and, and water. But UV radiation may actually be, the UV index may actually be as high on a cool, clear, um, cold winter's day as it might be in the middle of summer. 
depending on other factors. So we need to be yeah, wary about uh, UV protection all year, all year round. Other factors, yeah, in spring for sure in terms of our skin, things like um, pollens are a real issue for people who have hay fever. So people who suffer from atopic diseases such as um, uh, eczema, asthma and hay fever. So we're talking about skin, so it'll be eczema. They may find their, their um, condition really flares during the springtime and into early summer. When we're thinking about pollution, um, that's really interesting because humidity, which is, of course, usually higher in the summertime, um, can increase air pollution levels. But generally speaking, air pollution levels will be higher in the wintertime. Um, more people tend to be driving their cars rather than riding their bikes, well, certainly down in Melbourne anyway. And also more people are um, burning coal or wood or to... Um, to keep warm. The other thing in uh, winter is that uh, a lot of us experience uh, more dryness of the skin and sometimes itch associated with that. And that's probably due to low environmental humidity, but also being inside in a hot, dry environment. A lot of the time we're, you know, we're being blasted by um, indoor heaters, etc., which will dry out our skin. And long hot showers, they're the other thing that can dry out our skin too in the winter months. So what steps can we take to fight the negative factors of our environment that we can't really control? Like there's obviously a lot of climate change happening at the moment. We can't really directly control pollution. So how can we try and negate those effects? In terms of trying to yeah, control, control our own exposures or how our, our skin reacts to these external stressors, um, measures are, I guess, uh, general and also specific in nature. So whilst I don't pretend to be um, an expert on this, we've got to think about, I suppose, little bits and pieces that we can do ourselves to contribute to clean air measures. So riding our bike when we can or walking instead of driving, using non-fossil fuel energy sources and, and advocating for environmental protections. Um, that's obviously important. We can do things like not smoking. I mean, smoking obviously contributes to pollution. Um, mm. So it's a broad issue for the whole community, but certainly uh, for an individual who smokes, you know, the ramifications for your skin are huge. And I, I can tell as soon, as soon as someone walks into my consulting room, they're at the door, I can tell if they, they smoke or not. Then other kind of general measures, uh, we can look at diet, you know, a diet rich in antioxidants, making sure we drink enough water to flush out toxins. The diet rich in antioxidants is really interesting. Um, and I think at the moment there's no hard scientific proof on this, but um, a lot of experts in the pollution field think that um, certainly eating a diet rich in antioxidants would help mitigate some of the free radicals engendered by um, mm. our environment. And I, th I think that makes sense and certainly it couldn't do us any harm from a general health point of view. So yeah. the Mediterranean diet yeah, is often touted as being really good in this regard. So eating lots of fruit and vegetables high in antioxidants, whole grains, mm. legumes, olive oil, fish and poultry. I mean, they're going to be good for us generally, aren't they? Then when we're coming to specifically to our skin at the moment, I mean, we're starting to see a lot more about dealing with pollution on skincare products. Mm. And I think that's great. That's really, um, you know, really heartening. Um, gives us some hope, I think, something we can do. <laughs> um, 
these, these products are still quite general in measure in terms of how they're going to help with um, mitigating the effects of pollution on the skin. And there are some new specific anti-pollution ingredients uh, in development, but the data is all unpublished, so I can't speak specifically to those. But in terms of our daily skincare routine, what can we do to protect our um, skin um, from the environment. Well, obviously, you know, all of your listeners are going to be using broad spectrum sunscreen every day. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a given. They do. They yeah. definitely do. Yep. <laughs> so they should keep doing that. I think using um, topical antioxidants to mitigate against free radicals is important. Again, there isn't any research that we have at the moment that tells us clearly which um, antioxidants are going to be the best for this. I have seen Mm. in a recent article talking about this that ferulic acid, curcumin, which comes from turmeric, soy, licorice root and resveratrol, are recommended, mm-hmm. but there are no, there were no real references to uh, to back that up. So, I would say that you know, keep using your current antioxidants, perhaps some niacinamide because obviously that's a great anti-inflammatory, a great general anti-aging ingredient. Um, plus, it supports the skin barrier. That would be a good one to use mm-hmm. as well. Then, making sure you use your your daily moisturisers or emollients to help protect that skin barrier so to help prevent the um, penetration of fine particulate matter from pollution through the skin so they should those emollients should um, contain ingredients such as um, ceramides and again niacinamide to bolster the skin barrier we know that pollution gets through skin through the hair follicles and the sweat glands but it also can penetrate directly through the epidermis so looking after the skin barrier, you know, theoretically would be helpful. Then there's also the idea of, as well as your sunscreen and your moisturiser, that increasing your shield for the number of layers on the skin to block out pollution is worthwhile. And that's really things that most of us are doing anyway. So BB cream, foundation, primer to increase the level of shield. And that's obviously Mm going to have to be a little bit personalised. I mean, some people can't wear six layers on their skin because that'll make them break out. But just being mindful that a few layers are actually not a bad thing. And then moving on to your sort of nighttime uh, measures to mitigate uh, mitigate specifically against pollution, um, the double cleanse uh, that we're all keen on anyway is really important. Cleansing um, is the real backbone of any anti-pollution um, skincare regime because we know that airborne pollutants will bind to skin um, and weaken the barrier, so making it more susceptible uh, to signs of, of skin ageing in itself. Um, we want to avoid, I know there's a, there are a few studies coming out using, you know, sort of the mechanical cleansers, the clarisonic type things, and yes, they're very effective mm-hmm in removing pollutants, but you want to be just really careful and gentle if you're using those because we don't want to damage that really crucial skin barrier. And then Mm -hmm. lastly, um, it makes sense to be doing things that will help our skin to repair and rejuvenate. Um, So using your retinoids, DNA repair enzymes and antioxidants again at night. So a few things, Mm -hmm. most of us are doing many of those anyway. Love those tips. That makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) I'm already doing a lot of those things. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting how the city that you choose to live in can have such a direct impact on your skin health. But 
what about if you don't like the city that you're in or if the environment that you're in is affecting your mental health and causing you stress? Can that intrinsically affect our skin? Stress, stress can 100% have an effect on our skin. Um, so obviously the human body itself is designed to fight against perceived threats, the old fight or flight response that we're all familiar with. We actually know that the brain and the skin are connected. So when you know the mind or the body becomes uh, distressed, our brain tends to secrete hormones that induce the release of cortisol. And cortisol is one of those very clever stress hormones made by our adrenal glands. And we, we need that as part of our stress response. The problem with that, when the stress continues, whether it be a psychological or a physical stress continues, particularly psychological stress, our skin has receptors for cortisol in it and the activation uh, of the cortisol receptors in the skin leads to quite a few changes. So first and foremost, increased inflammation. So we often um, see flares of inflammatory skin disease such as eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, hives, acne, and the list goes on when people are under chronic stress. Cortisol receptors um, being turned on increases sebum or oil production from our um, oil glands. And of course, that um, leads to flares of acne. We see um, impaired wound healing under chronic stress and also impaired resistance to infection. So I think it happens several times a day. I hear people tell me, you know, uh, you know, I've been under a lot of stress. Do you think that is relevant? Stress will not be the primary cause of your skin disease, but it will certainly um, have an impact on, on if and when your skin develops some of those problems or exacerbates exacerbations, mm. I should say. So many good tips in this interview. I've learned a lot here. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. <laughs> Very much appreciate it. You can find Dr. Catherine Armour on Instagram if you want to go and stalk her. Thanks so much for joining us today, Catherine. Thanks very much for having me, guys. It's been lots of fun as always. PWDKWN. So mine for this week is actually my first empty from Thailand. It is the Compagnie de Provence Ultra Nourishing Body Balm Shea. I love a body balm. I'm not really into moisturizers. I think this is, I think body balms are way more hydrating and I love shea butter as well. Um, it smells divine. It makes your skin super soft. Um, the fragrance notes are white flowers over a sweet musk scent. And yeah, it's, it's not, it's kind of like your Kiehl's creme de corps, um, mm. that this is my favorite moisturizer and it's a little, it's a little boy, not a big boy. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend, don't know what I'm going to do without it because I have just finished my bottle of it. So I'm going to have to find another body balm in Thailand or get Linda to send it over. Cause she sent me over Melbourne coffee grinds. Um, because yeah, yeah. So I'm sure I'll be able to find another shea butter over here, but this is probably my favorite. What's your product this week? So I'm actually doing one of yours from late last year because this is a product I've been wearing flat out. It's the Ultraviolet Dream Screen, which um, you spoke very highly of when it first launched. And I hadn't received my sample yet when you were talking about yours. So I hadn't really had a good play around with it, found how I like to apply it, all of that stuff. And I like to do that before I really talk about a foundation product or a complexion product. Um, so I use the shade V4 and I would describe it as a lighter version in terms of coverage to MAC face and body. Very similar um, 
bottle, very similar kind of runniness, but it just doesn't give you as much coverage as Face and Body can give you. Yeah. So um, the Ultraviolet Dream Screen, I find for oily skin, I think it's it's been really good for my skin. It's the only sort of foundation that I've been wearing in Thailand. I only wear foundation really once a week and that's the one that I choose. I am V5 and I find that if you've got oily skin, just make sure that you definitely use a powder over the top. So I always use the It Cosmetics Bye Bye Pores over the top and it is a dewy foundation. It is like a dewy tint. I wouldn't necessarily call it a foundation because it's definitely buildable, but um, yeah, yeah, for me with oily skin, it's been absolutely fine. Yeah. So for your oily skinned or like sweaty gals, I would say definitely powder it because it is I find it quite dewy. I don't put any powder over the top usually. I would just powder like under my eyes where I've popped a bit of concealer. Um, But it is such a beautiful product. I will say when I posted about it on my Instagram story, a few people replied and were like, why do you need to wear SPF under this still? And it's because of the amount of product that you apply. You're not going to apply half a teaspoon of that to your face. It just, you would never be able to rub it in. So that is why they recommend putting an SPF underneath and then putting that over the top. You're just getting a little bit of extra SPF protection, which is always good. Um, but yes, that is why they recommend it. Um, but yeah, I would say that is my product. You didn't know I needed shade V4 for me. So, um, Joe, we did my little Thailand update at the start, but now I want to hear about any dating updates that you have. Um, I more had an update because I still get DMs from people from an episode we did a very long time ago where I mentioned how I was on a date and this guy said, like, what is that perfume you're wearing? It's like the sexiest perfume I've ever smelled. I still get people being like, what was that perfume? I, I, I missed it in the episode. I need to know what it is. It was Juliet has a gun, not a perfume. And I never ended up like nothing escalated with that particular date, but we still have each other on Instagram. And he sent me a photo the other day of Creed Aventus, which is a men's fragrance. And it's a very popular and expensive men's fragrance. It's at Adore Beauty. It's it's lovely though. Anyway, so he sent me a photo of it and was like, um, based on your recommendation. And I was like, oh, that was a long time ago. And so I replied and I was like, oh, did you have that written down in your notes? And he was like, yeah, of course. Like uh, to this day, your perfume that you wore, that Juliet has a gun, has been the sexiest perfume I've ever smelled. That was months ago. That would have been six months ago at least. Oh, I'm not sure about this. I feel like he was just trying to slide into your DMs. Like, come on. No, come no, on. no, 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 I mean, no. You left it six months, but yeah, I reckon that's a DM slide. I can see right through that nope. one. <laughs> but anyway, we are going to update you on our dating lives when we do an update on the psychic. Was the psychic, did she get it right? Um, both of us have had interesting experiences over the last few months of holidays. So we'll be back to do an update on that and give you a bit more info. But until then, we'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 